Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. If you can, turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start off at verse 31, actually, and read all the way to verse 33. Just say amen when you have it. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or whithersoever we will be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need Of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I want to focus on this this one portion, which is verse 33. I'm going to read it again. And it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and listen to this, and his righteousness. And it says, And all these things shall be added unto you. You may be seated. What I'm going to talk about this morning is the kingdom first. The first time I ever, I've, I've read the scripture through many times as a young man, but I don't think my attention was garnered or, how can I say, focused on this one verse, Matthew 6.33, until I was going to have a meeting with my old pastor, R.E. Libby, or Ronald Libby, back in Gaithersburg, Maryland. As I was a young adult, you know, trying to launch out in life and trying to figure things out, I will never forget that he knew that I was in the financial field. He knew I was working for Morgan Stanley at the time as an advisor uh, in training, and he decided one day to connect me with his uh, financial advisor, which was, a, which was a neat, which was a neat opportunity. I will never forget, I can't remember the gentleman's name, all I can remember is, you know, the gray hair that he had and the glasses that he wore and us sitting in the dim uh, lit office of Pastor Libby. And I remember this gentleman looking across from Pastor Libby's black leather seat, and he looked at me, and he said, have you ever read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? And, you know, as a young man, you know, I've read it multiple times before as I read through the Bible, but the question that he was asking me, he was asking me whether or not if I really, like, read it, meaning slowed down and processed and thought about, you know, what the words were saying. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and and all these things shall be added unto you. And as he began to talk, he began to say, Lawrence, as you begin to launch out in the financial field, there's one thing that you need to make sure that you understand. And he said, you need to make sure that you really memorize this verse because this verse is going to help you throughout your life to learn to do one thing, to seek God and place him first. And then he turned around and he looked at me. He said, son, all these things, all these things, somebody say all, All. these things shall be added unto you. He was trying to communicate to me in that moment that there's going to come times of worry. There's going to come times of trials and tribulations. That's going to spark anxiety. That's going to spark, how can I say, the worries of the inner life. 
And he was just like, the thing that's going to help you get through those times is, you know, understanding that you need to seek God first. Let's talk about the worries of the inner life. The worries of the inner life stem from things that take place usually in our childhood, meaning how can I say different abuses or sexual abuses or maybe how can I say that affirmation that you didn't get? Maybe you as a young person, you turned around and you had a you did great on your report card that quarter and you were coming to mom or coming to dad and you waved that report card in front of them and you were looking for the affirmation. Honey, you doing really good. And, you know, uh, I'm so proud of you. But instead of getting that affirmation, you found yourself crushed. Crushed by the one that you felt like should love you and and affirm you. You see the inner worry that takes place from things like that makes a person turn around and, and think about whether they're good enough. It makes them feel like, you know, oh, can, I, can I ever excel in life? Those are the turmoils or the, or the storms that go on within each and every person. But how about this one? How about the, the worries of the outer life? The worries of the outer life. I'm going to tell you, young adults, you seniors that I see in this room, which I'm so proud of you guys. I see some seniors that have graduated this year, and they're actually sitting with young adults. Can we give these guys a hand real quick? So proud of each and every one of them. They're like, Brother Matthews, you're like embarrassing us right now. Not trying to embarrass y'all, but wanting to let you know, like I told Brother Lopez, so proud of each and every one of you to see that you guys are transitioning into young adults. That's a good thing. But I'm going to tell you, as you begin to get older, as you begin to adult, you'll find out that there are some outer, how can I say, worries that will take place. From how can I say from job schedules or how can I say deadlines to inflation and uh, how can I, do I have enough money, you know, to save and, you know, for my retirement, you know, or how is my marriage doing? All these things begin to create a whole bunch of outer worry for each and every one of us. You know, I, I'm, I'm sick in my body. How am I going to pay, you know, my rent or how I'm going to pay for this doctor bill? All these things seem to pile up in life, you know, and cause outer worry. But I'm going to tell you, even though there's an inner worry and sometimes there's an outer worry, I also want to encourage you and let you know this morning that there is a cure for worry. I want to tell somebody this morning that there is a cure for worrying. Look at somebody right next to you. Look at about three people and say, there is a cure for worrying. Come on, come on. Don't be shy whether you know them or not. Whether your breath smells good or not. Look at somebody and remind them and encourage them that there is a cure for worry. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus begins to talk about it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says that there are two things that can help you not worry. The first thing he says is this. He says, seek the kingdom. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then the next thing he says, and his righteousness. And he says, and all these things shall be added unto you. And he goes along and he turns around and he says, when he's talking about all these things shall be added, if you flip back and you go to the verses before saints, you realize that Jesus mentions three necessities that we need. The first one is this is, he says he'll supply and take care of this first thing, which is water. Or something, that, excuse me, something that we need to drink. Or, or food. Or clothing. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, you, you, you know, the Gentiles, they worry about these things. But when Jesus said, if you seek me, 
You seek me first. You seek my kingdom first. And he says, and you seek righteousness. He says, all these things shall be added unto you. Well, again, what are those three things? Water, food, and clothing. Those are all things that you and I need to survive each and every day. Now, I'm going to tell you what Jesus was not saying is, you know, that he's going to turn around and just, these are just, you know, there's no human needs. But what I want to inject in your thinking is this is what Jesus was trying to say, you know, on the tagline of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and all these things shall be added. What he's trying to say is this is, it doesn't matter whatever need you have in your life. It doesn't matter what you go through in your life. Jesus is saying that if you seek me and you seek after righteousness, all these things shall be added. I'm going to tell somebody, he's saying all these things shall be added. So the question is this, why should we worry today? I want to tell somebody, if God is going to take care of every one of your needs, if he's going to take care of your needs, then why worry today? Why worry about your backslidden child today? God knows exactly where he's at. If you're if trying all you can and you're seeking after the face of God, why worry about each and every day is my children going to make it? Why worry about the internal and the external when God's got everything worked out in your life? I love that old song when it says he, he's got the whole world in his hands and he's got your life and he's got your life and he's got your life and and your children in his hands. I'm going to tell you, every once in a while, ever since I became the youth pastor, you know, everything, everything was blessed. We've been blessed to be here and serve at Calvary Tabernacle. But I'm going to tell you, within those few months, we got a good diagnosis. And I know everybody doesn't understand it. I'm not trying to use this as a crutch. I'm not trying to use this for somebody to come and say, you know, that, you know, that we're, we're just trying to say, oh, oh, the Matthews, you know, just trying to gain your sympathy. I'm just trying to, you know, bring out reality. I'm going to be honest that as we begin to serve as youth pastor, we, we got a diagnosis about one of our sons. That one of our sons, you know, has, you know, got, got a little autism in his life. And I'm going to tell you from there, it was a struggle. Look at somebody next to you and say it was a struggle. It's a struggle. Why? Because it wasn't my plans. It wasn't my plans. It wasn't the way that I wanted it to work out. But I'm going to tell you, as I walk and my wife walks each and every day, as we begin to seek the kingdom of God and we begin to seek after God's righteousness, that it just seems like whether if it's a, we're needing a doctor's notice or we're needing a certain type of medication for our son and it seems like the, the wait list is much long, somehow, some way, God just opens up the door and God begins to supply the need. When, when we don't know what to do in certain times, I'm going to tell you, it just seems like God begins to send the help right when we need it. So I tell somebody this morning, why worry about your problems when you can't control them? What you got to do this morning is you got to lift up your head. Oh, ye gates and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and allow the King of glory to come in. I want to encourage somebody in this, in this place today, why worry about things that you can't change? Why not lift your eyes just a little bit higher and look towards the Lord, the one who is the maker of heaven and earth, and he's the one that can supply all of your needs. I want you just to touch about two people and say, God can supply all your needs. He may not give you everything you want, but I'm going to tell you, he'll give you everything you need in the right time and when you need it. 
He can. That's right, he's able. But Lopez, I'm not going to sing that song since she just made fun of me right there before I got her, but. <laughs> so if it says we have to seek God first, the kingdom of God and all these, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added, then we got to ask the question, but the herbs, what, what is the kingdom of God? When you and I begin to read Matthew chapter 6 and we begin to read all throughout the scripture, you know, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, that, that many times it says the kingdom of God or it will say something like this or the kingdom of Christ or the kingdom of Christ of God. It, it goes on and it gives all these unique phrases talking about the kingdom. And when you and I begin to read, read all those terms, I want to tell you that whether if it's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, all those things are just about the same. But how can I say it? They are. They're just about the same. Getting ahead of myself. What they all mean is they just about mean the same thing. All these phrases indicates the same thing under different aspects. I want to tell you what the kingdom of God it means is this. It means that Christ is supreme. In heaven and in earth. Saints, that's just what it means. Christ is supreme. Christ rules. In heaven and in earth. And when it means in earth, it means that he wants to have the opportunity to rule in your life. But it doesn't stop there. The blessings and the advantages and all, all these things that flow from his kingdom. A person who lines up and lines up with, with righteousness and seeks after God. All those things you have access to. All the advantages and blessings of God's word and his kingdom. In this moment, as I begin to teach, what I want to use is I want to, as when I say the kingdom of God, I, we're going to frame it in, in these simple terms. Having a relationship with God. But also at the same time, when we think about the kingdom of God, I, I think about God's will. His will. So when I move forward and I'm talking about the kingdom of God, we're going to talk about Brother Harrison it being God's will in your relationship with him. So moving forward, and when we hear again, seek ye first the kingdom of God, I notice one thing. Sister Mew said it uses the word first. It says seek ye first. It didn't say, sec say second, third or fourth, or the freely. It said seek first. The kingdom of God. What that tells me is that there is a priority, Sister Matthews. That there is a spiritual priority in order for you and I to allow, how can I say those blessings and how can I say, you know, uh, to receive that peace and joy, all those things that come in the Holy Ghost. There, there is a priority that we need to follow in life. 
And what I want to do real quick is this, is I, I just want to lay out some priorities. I'm going to tell you the number one priority for your life, you can write this down, and I challenge you to uh, go through some of the scriptures. Oh, they, we didn't put them on there, but that's okay. It's stuff like that. There are scriptures. I challenge you to look it up yourself. That the, the scripture itself talks about that we need to have these certain priorities, how can I say, built into our lives. Number one, God is first. Brother Hussey, God is first and foremost. Why? It's because he is the supreme ruler in our lives and in your life. He's first. But then the next thing is this. Just like he's first, meaning your relationship with God and also at the same time his will, you know the next thing that you should make sure that you have, which comes as number two, which is your family. I'm being basic right now. I'm going to tell you, for some of you new folks, if you're trying to get a foothold in life and walk with God, I'm going to tell you, look at, add some of these things to your life, this order. God being first. Your family coming second. That means your, your husband, your wife, your children. And if you're single, then you know your mom, your dad, your brothers and sisters. Next. You know the next thing that comes? Somebody say church. Church needs to be a priority in your life. Your attendance needs to be a priority. Not, not just your attendance. If you're looking to be a disciple, brand new person, if you're looking to be a disciple, just don't come on Sunday, Sunday morning. I'm going to tell you. Sunday morning, Pastor, Pastor Carson, he preaches. It is so good Sunday morning. It makes you want to shout. And when you leave, you know, the presence of God feels so good. When you leave, you just feel like you're on cloud now. And that's good. You know what preaching does? Preaching motivates you and encourages you to live for God. But I'm going to tell you what you and I need. We need Wednesday night. Because you know what Wednesday night does? Wednesday night does nothing but it allows Pastor Carson and the, other, and the staff to break down the word of God and to show you and I how to put these pra practical tips into use in everyday life. Teaching is where we, we grow even more. And I want to challenge somebody in this place, whether if you're new or you've been coming to Calvary Tabernacle for a while, but you haven't been coming on Wednesday, I want to challenge you. If you are looking to grow your spiritual life, if you're looking for your family to grow, if you're looking for your children to go, you need to make sure that church on Sunday and Wednesday is a priority. Man, I thought I'd get a better response than that. I'm going to tell you, if you are looking to grow your relationship with God as you're seeking the kingdom, I'm going to tell you, Sunday morning is not just good enough. you got to park yourself on the pew on a Wednesday, open up your Bible, bring your notepad, and begin to write down what the man of God is teaching us on Wednesday. Somebody look at the person right next to you and say, I'm looking to grow. As we, as we begin to embark mission forward, I, 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 somebody say, I want to grow. I want to grow. And as you can tell, the next one is this, our employment. That's important. There are scriptures that talk about that we need to work again. First Timothy chapter 5, also Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. Proverbs 12, verse, chapter 12, verse 11. I can go on and on and on. And then the last one is this, is others. Sports and how can I say friends and 
media and hobbies, you know, entertainment, you know, all these things, they're important in life. And the scripture talks about that it's okay to enjoy some of those things in life. But when I think about it, I realize that all of these priorities is like a combination of a lockbox. Raise your hand if you've ever gone to check out a brand new house that you were going to purchase. Raise your hand. Man, thank you, Lord. I'm going to tell you, I will never forget when I went to go. I'm not even going to say my address because I don't want any of my students to go and, you know, prank my house. I almost said it, Brother Henderson, but I got some ears right here on the front pew. <laughs> I want to tell you, I will never forget when... Uh, our real estate agent went to go bring us to the house that we were going to buy. What he did was this is, I realized that in order for him to get into the house, he had to have a key. But in order for him to get that key to let me into the house, to open the door that grants me access, you know, and to enjoy the amenities that was inside of the house, he had to open up the lockbox. And in order for him to open up the lockbox, he had to know the combination. Somebody say the combination. You see, the combination was very important. He had to know and listen to me the order and sequence of the numbers. The order or the priorities of those numbers were very important. It wasn't good enough just to know the numbers or it's not good enough just to know the numbers. You had to put them all in sequence and put them all in order in order to open up the lockbox and grab the key so you can open the door that gave you access into the house. Now I'm going to tell you, it's not good enough to just know that we have priorities. Come on, help me out. Now, it's not just good enough to know that we have priorities. In order for you to get the key and to have access to opening the door into the promises of God, you have to know, how can I say, the order of sequence. You have to understand, saints of God, that God is number one. Your job can't be number one. Your marriage can't be number one. Your children, your God has to be number one in your life. I'm going to tell somebody, if you want peace and you want rest, you've got to make sure that number one, that God is supreme and he sits on the throne of your heart. But I'm going to tell you also at the same time, I, in ministry, I, I've been there before where I got it just a little bit. Some people say like this, twisted just a little bit. Where I was out reaching, out trying to, how can I say, well, if I was doing a camp or as I was working with a young person, then I should have been more so at home. And you know, the next thing that happened, when I got home, my kids were starting to go crazy. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. When, you, when you've been gone on a business trip for so long, that my boys get a little restless. You know why they get a little restless? It's because they, inside, they may not understand themselves, but they, they're frustrated because they, they need dad there. Or how about this one? Maybe you've been working so late, or either he or she, and your spouse is like, where you been? I made dinner, you know you're late. You see, if we get our job, we put our jobs above, you know, how can I say our families, which there's nothing wrong with working. We, we got to make a living to take care of our, our family. The scripture talks about that. But if we're not careful, if we get the combination or if we get the priorities out of order, all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you, worry will, worry will come to your house. 
your kids will start acting crazy. Your wife or your husband will start acting crazy. If you put fun before your job, you decide not to go to work that day because you hung out all weekend with your friends. I'm going to tell you, you know what your boss is going to say? Talk to the hand because the face don't understand. Goodbye, I'll go hire somebody else. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. In order to really have peace and have no worry in your life, you got to make sure that, and I have to make sure my priorities are in order. And the number one priority that we have to make sure that we have to make sure that we have access into God's promises, into righteousness, peace, and joy is placing God first. Come on, can we lift our hands right now? Let's take a moment to reaffirm that we're going to keep God on the throne of our hearts and keep him first. Lord Jesus, help us to be, keep you first, Lord. Help us to keep you first. Help us to keep you first, Lord, in everything that we do. So my marriage can be blessed, Lord. So our church can be blessed, Jesus. So my, I can be blessed on my job, Lord. And blessed in every relationship that I have, Lord. Help me to keep you first. I hasten it. The next portion, it says that you and I want to know how we can have all these things added unto us. Jesus points out and says that it's about his righteousness and not yours and not mine. I believe Solomon put it like this in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Meaning, God has a right way in how he wants you to live your life. There's a right order in how he wants you to live your life. I'm going to tell you, the day when you got baptized in Jesus' name and you were filled with the Holy Ghost, that was the best funeral that you've ever had in your life. Meaning the old you was supposed to die. And then the new you was risen up, you know, being reborn again. But in that moment, when you said, when you repented, you were saying to the Lord, you know, God, what I'm doing is I want myself to die. I want my will to die, God. And I, I want to be right or have a right relationship with you. I want righteousness in my life. But sometimes if you're not careful, this generation, you know what they want? They want it. I want it my way. They think it's Burger King. <laughs> they think it's Burger King. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you, some of you have young kids and some of, of y'all have teenagers. You know, they think it's Burger King. You know, I want it my way. You know, I want my burger cooked this way. I want my clothes to be washed. I want it to be folded. Look, some of your parents understand exactly what I'm talking about, but you're just like, you know, wait until you have a family and you have children. <laughs> I'm going to calm down. But they don't understand that in order to, to walk with God, it's not about your way. It's his righteousness. It's about lining, aligning your life up with Christ. I may have used this illustration before, but I'm going to use it again today. It's almost just like if you look, open up the old grandfather clock and you see all those cogs. In order for those cogs to all move and for that clock to function and be uh, what it was created to be, all those cogs have to be lined up together.
the moment one of those cogs gets unaligned, everything stops. That's the moment when the clock ceases to do and be what it was created to do and be. If you want your life to continue to be blessed and you want your life, you know, to not have worry, you and I have to learn to align our lives up with God's righteousness and God's right way of living. And you know where you and I can find that for that person that's brand new in this church? I'm going to tell you, if you're trying to find out what that is, here it is. This is your playbook for life. It's your playbook. If you want to know what pleases God, it's right here. If you want to know what, what blesses God's heart, it's right here. If you want to know what God's plan for your life. I used to love when Brother Miller used to say this. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Eat up the word of God. I close with this. If you and I begin to go and read in Matthew chapter 14, the story of when Peter is stepping off of the boat and walking on the water, that is a beautiful picture drawn of living a life and placing the kingdom first. When I look at that, that story, I, I see Jesus again representing devotion and relationship. And when I see Jesus in that story, it reminds me of his will. He represents his will as he's standing out there in the storm. But here we represent Peter, of course. You see, when we first started living for God, we you know, we were all together hanging out with everybody else in the ship. But then sometimes as for some of us, life begins to hit and it begins to get challenging. And what do we do is we hear the voice of God calling. It is I. Be not afraid. And then all of a sudden we just like Peter, we make our way into the house of God or we, it seems like we step on the water. We come to the house of God and, you know, guess what? As Peter started walking on the water, the storm was still around. The pressures of life were all around. Pushing on him tossing him back and forward. But Peter just kept coming. You know why? The Bible talked about that he began to walk on the water. Why was he walking on the water? Do me a favor, Pastor. You can stand right there. Thank you, sir. I know you weren't anticipating this, but Brother Lopez, there's my illustration that I'm using. He was getting me before the service. He was walking on the water. He said, if it, Peter said, if it was I, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. And the great I am said, come. The 
will of God for the moment for Peter come. And with all the pressures in life, Peter comes. The wind's pushing him. He comes. But, you know, at this time, I imagine Peter didn't have his head down as he's walking to Jesus. He had his. He's looking at Jesus and he's walking. He's walking. You see, the reason why he was able to make it is because, number one, he, he, was, answering, he, was, he was seeking to be close to the Lord. He's seeking to be close to him, and he's, he's got the Lord in his sight. He, he's, 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 he's seeking, he's answering the call of God, or how can I say God's will in a moment, saying, come, and he, he's coming, he's coming. And because he's coming, he, he's moving. He's not standing in one place. He's, he's moving towards, getting closer in this relationship. He's getting closer to the Lord. But guess what happens? Every once in a while, what can happen is we could take our eyes off of the Lord. And we get our eyes on other things. We get distracted. We, and the Bible says that Peter began to send the winds and the waves. And what was he doing? He was worrying. When we take our eyes off of, how can I say, the will of God and take our eyes off of the word of God and we take our eyes off of what God is doing in our lives, what can happen, that's when worry starts. But I'm going to tell you, you know, Peter started to sink, but that wasn't the end of the story. Even though sometimes, you know what, if, if you read it very carefully, it was like, I, I begin to read it, I was like, Peter, you're so close. And how do we know that he was close? Because the scripture never said that Jesus ran to Peter. He was close to him and he, Jesus reached out his hand to him. Every once in a while, we can be so close to God, but if we're not careful, we take our eyes off of him and we'll begin to sink with worry. But I'm going to tell you just like that, what we've got to do, we find ourselves sinking in worry. We've got to begin to lift our eyes back up to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to lift you back up. And guess what? I'm touching him. I'm close to him. You see, you got you to gotta get close to him. He was close to him, but it didn't even stop there. I close on this. The Bible talked about that they both walked back on the ship together. They walked on the ship together. He could have just stayed there in the water and drowned. <laughs> I'm just so, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, you know all these problems. Uh, don't do that. Do what Peter did and look up and say, Lord, save me. I'm going to tell you, new person, when you feel like you're drowning and worry, you need to lift up, lift your eyes and say, Lord, save me. Help me. And you know what he's going to do? He's not going to discard you. He's going to reach out to you and he's going to pull you up and draw you closer to him. Closer to the kingdom. Closer in a relationship with God. And you know what he's going to do? I close with this. He's going to walk with you. He's just going to walk with you each and every day. I encourage somebody this morning. Place the kingdom first. Put God first in your life. Let's stand. Put God first in your life. Seek right living. Read your word. Pray. Ask God's will for your life. That's the kingdom. Get close in your relationship with God. That's a part of the kingdom, your relationship.
and watch, all these things shall be added. Meaning when you can't supply certain things in your life, God said, I'll take care of every one of your needs. Let's lift your hands right now to the Lord and let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we thank you. Help somebody in this place this morning who may be drowning, Lord Jesus, to grab a hold of you. Lord God, to know that you're a life preserver, Lord God, and you can pull them closer to you, Jesus. God, do that this morning right now, Lord. Do that in this second hour. In Jesus' name.